my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. I want you to pay special attention to what I'm going to talk about first in this episode, elder fraud. The numbers are shocking. We've all got to do a better job of protecting our elders and our family and among our friends. And later, I want to share something about one of my favorite subjects, transportation. And there's something really cool that's starting to emerge. It's going to make life easier, might make the air cleaner too. So this is so disturbing. New report from AARP. Five million, five million elderly Americans have money stolen from them each year. Five million. Average amount stolen from them, $120,000. Now, the question is, with so many people just getting by, how does a senior citizen recover from having more than $100,000 stolen from them? And the answer is, they don't, they can't. An elder fraud comes, and I'm oversimplifying and overgeneralizing, but I'm going to put it in two categories. One, family theft. And this is what's hideous. When a family member steals from an aging relative, could be a kid stealing from his or her parent, and I will have things posed to me in the ask clerks that come in where someone will say, my sister's doing this, my brother's doing this, taking this money from my mom who can't afford it. And more often it's a mom and not a dad because women tend to live longer than men. And it's just horrible. And so I talk about how you have to go get an elder law attorney and you got to go after your brother or sister to protect the interests of your mom. I mean, this is, this is really bad, ugly. And that's part of it, is when you have the family drama and trauma of a crook in the midst. And then there's the other circumstance, and that's when it's an outsider. And I'm very familiar with the situation where a dishonest financial person ingratiated himself with an elderly couple and would bring them cookies and stuff like that and sit and listen to their stories and then over time got control of their money and ran off with it. I just can't imagine how people sleep at night that could do something like that. But Krista, I mean, we... we both have known sociopaths in our lives. People who know yeah. the, mm-hmm. uh, the difference between right and wrong, they just don't care. And, you know, the earth is made up of all different kinds of people. And the problem we have now is we're all spread apart. I mean, you think about your sister lives in one state, your parents live in another, you live in another. Yep. And they get older and... A lot of times parents 
out of pride or whatever, don't share information with their adult children. You know, there's an old expression that to a parent, you're always five years old. (laughs) It's true in a lot of families. Even though maybe you're the one who's driving the car and they're sitting next to you now because they can't drive anymore, they still act like you're five. So you got to pierce that. You got to get involved. And my mom has been deceased for a number of years, but my mom was getting ripped off by phony pseudo charities that were stealing money that she needed to live on. And we went through all these things where my mom had to be trained to take the mail when it came in and it went in a drawer. She didn't open anything. And I would go over twice a month and I would figure out what the bills were and she would sit there and she'd write the checks for the bills. And then I'd have a trash bag because once the crooks know that you're an easy mark to be ripped off from, she was getting hundreds of solicitations a month by these scammers. And they would come through the mail. Today they might come phone call, email, text, whatever. And that's harder to stop. But anyway, I remember one day I was with my mom in her little den and I filled an entire trash bag in the phony charity solicitations that had come in two weeks. I bet it was this time of year, getting toward the end of the year. They are sending tons of them out. You know, I actually don't remember anymore when that was, but I remember my mom mom had this thick, thick southern accent, so thick you could cut it with a knife. And she said, darling, (laughs) how do you know those aren't people who really need my help? (laughs) I mean, she had such a sweet, generous heart. Her name was Joy, and that was her personality. And I said, Mom, I know I checked them out, which, I mean, you know, they were all just one after another, bam, 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 right in the trash without opening as I learned the patterns and learned what to throw out. And so if I had not been there doing that as her adult son, the money just would have kept going out the door. I have a friend whose father was, this is the other thing people have to remember, her father was like super savvy with money and a great businessman. And recently... Um, he started having things delivered to the house, like little weird things that he wouldn't order. And when they asked him about it, he said he was going to win a sweepstakes, that someone had been calling him and talking to him, and buying these things gave him more and more chances. And then at one point, he was... this was, one of the phony Publishers Clearinghouse? Yes, oh, yes. it was one of those phony ones? And he also Publishers Clearinghouse is a real thing. There's just a lot of crooks that pretend they're publishers clearing house and steal your money and he was also driving somewhere to buy gift cards to meet someone to get a winnings um you know a huge supposed windfall um and so they were able to stop that but yeah sometimes you don't think like oh my parent my dad's always been or my mom's always been super good with money you don't have to worry but it can happen pretty quickly so what i'm saying to you is you know we we may check in with mom and dad or mom or dad And it's pretty much surface, what's going on with the grandkids, blah, blah, blah. You need to be nosy in your parents' lives. You're busy with your own life. You may live somewhere hundreds or thousands of miles away. You need to be involved. 
what we did is my mom's uh, mental capabilities declined and she ended up with diagnosed dementia and uh, it became, you know, ultimately she got to the point where she didn't know who she was or who we were. And it's a, then it's completely obvious, but there's this never, never land before you get there where you will miss signs when you're not staying in touch and you want to protect them. You don't want them to be one of the five million who has money stolen from them. And again, not everybody in the world's a crook, but the ones that are seem to find their way to our parents who don't have a lot going on maybe, who are lonely more than we realize, and they're a friendly voice or a friendly face. And before you know it, the money they need to live on gets swiped out of their lives. Please get involved and stay involved. And don't look the other way when you have a brother or sister who's the perpetrator stealing from one of your parents. Please. This question's from JC in Arizona. We are familiar with the high marks you give low-cost investment companies, including Schwab Fidelity and Vanguard. I rarely, if ever, hear you mention Edward Jones as an option for investors. Where in the mix do they stand with regard to fees, and what is your overall impression of their investment services? Uh, I think they're a very reputable company. They are very, very expensive to do your investing with. The fees are sky high. You are paying for an individual to be your advisor and handle your money for you. Edward Jones has both commissions and fees, and therefore it is an expensive option. There are people who use Edward Jones as people might use other full commission stockbrokers because they uh, really are not involved or interested in investing, but no, they should. And so their representative is the one who handles it for them. Just know that is a very expensive service for you to have. From David in Texas, my wife and I are 24 and 25 years old, respectively, currently living in an apartment in downtown Dallas and are considering buying half a duplex in the coming months. We've saved for a 20% down payment with enough left over for an emergency fund. The 20% would wipe out most of our savings, not including our 401ks and Roths. Given the market and school district we want to be located in, we can stretch to get into a nice-sized duplex. The location prices us out of single-family homes. Do you think a duplex is a good investment if we plan to be there 10-plus years, or should we look elsewhere? So there's nothing inherently that makes a duplex a good or bad investment. If you're buying a duplex because it's more affordable housing for you, it's the same reason somebody in a high-priced single-family home neighborhood might buy a condo instead of buying a house. And so buying a duplex is neither a curse nor a blessing different than buying a house. If the neighborhood's good, street it's on is good, and the duplex seems nice and solid, then that is a perfectly acceptable decision for you to make to deplete the money you've built up to have your 20% down, buy the duplex, have an affordable ongoing payment. Who knows, someday the other half of that duplex may become available. You may be in a financial position to buy the other half. And then you have 
the perfect thing all in one place. You have a rental unit you can rent out plus the place you live in. And from Rich in Georgia, I have car warranty insurance. I've had the warranty for more than a year. I took my car to BMW to be repaired. My repairs totaled $8,000, but my warranty paid $0. I could not believe it. What, if anything, can I do? Is there a car warranty insurance that actually pays? (sighs) This is something so heavily marketed on TV, um, on radio, ads online, email, everything, and I talked recently about the number of robocalls people get about these fake car extended warranties. Not the car is fake, the warranty is fake, as you found out spending thousands for that warranty. And you can spot the telltale signs when they say they'll insure you to 100,000 miles, and is this little money and it covers all these things. They have no intention of covering a major repair on your vehicle. They may pay piddly stuff, or in many cases, they don't pay anything at all. They're totally bogus, and you have no coverage at all. So I want you to know that this is an area rife with fraud and abuse, and the only legitimate ones I can tell you about are the ones sold by the manufacturer itself. So as an example, if you bought an extension of the warranty from BMW directly, you would be able to trust that warranty. On the other hand, when you buy one from a third-party seller, more often than not, it's only going to lead to a trail of tears, and I'm sorry that's where it ended up for you. Uh, That's such a terrible way to end a segment with someone out $8,000 But it's repeated all the time, and the warning was so valuable to you. So let's turn to something lighter with transportation. What about electric taxis? Not the kind that go on the ground, but the kinds that fly through the air. It's not for George Jetson anymore. It's on its way for real everyday life. You're going to see over the next couple of years things that are going to so change transportation and things like this are always over-promised and under-delivered. But this is going to happen. Three years ago at what used to be called Consumer Electronics Show at CES, I watched a electronic, robotic, uh, for lack of a better term, helicopter, electric helicopter flying around no pilot. And that may seem pie in the sky, but what is absolutely on the verge of adoption are one pilot electric helicopters that cost a tiny fraction to fly a mile what a traditional helicopter costs. And a lot of mid-length flying that people either drive because it's not practical to fly or drive because it's too expensive to fly will become a form of routine transportation. The length of uh, electric helicopters that will first appear that will be ideal routes for them will be like routes of 150 miles. And you'll cover that territory very quickly and they can land 
uh, straight down to the ground. They don't need a runway. Take right off from like a field, a helicopter pad, anything like that. And then they fly like an airplane. And this so seems like it's out of um, Jane, his wife, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, the Jetson. But you think about on the Jetsons, remember how far ahead of time they were with the microwave, with the flat screen television. I still want that machine where you just press what you want for food and it like cooks it and sends it out to you. Yeah, it's pretty neat, isn't it? It would prepare it, take the ingredients in the box and mix them all together and make it. Well, you know, I talked about that before with the, with the new pizza machines that are vending machines. These are crazy. You go to these vending machines. This is so off topic. You go to these vending machines <laughs> and you tell it what kind of pizza you want and what ingredients you want. And right before your eyes, the robot makes the pizza and pops it in the flash oven. And in four minutes, you have a pizza that pops out that doesn't have sick days, that works 24 hours a day. And by the way, this is a beef of mine we have not talked about. The airports have got to start putting in automation like that because if you fly at all, you know almost every place in the airport is closed. closed. You want to eat, you want to buy a snack, you want to buy uh, whatever. The shops are closed, the restaurants are closed because there's no labor available. And we can fix this so easily with these new automated systems. I mean, this is not a new thought. In Italy, as I shared with you after I was in Italy two years ago, there was one fully automated convenience store after another. And you just walk into this thing, and they had hundreds of items available, and you'd pop in your car to use your phone if you had a payment system that worked on your phone. And the item, whatever it was, popped right out 24 hours a day. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we need to be doing in airports. Sorry, I went way off on a tangent there. Apologize. But anyway, there's a different kind of transportation. These electric airplanes, if you will, electric helicopters. A lot of people have this whole concept wrong. They think it's going to be like, getting around rush hour traffic in your own city. I don't see how that's going to work at all. But going uh, medium distances as the range of these electric helicopters increases or electric planes. And I don't know whether to call them helicopters or planes because they land and take off like a helicopter, but then flying like a plane. The affordability of this is unreal, and they're quiet. Like, you've ever been around airports, you know they're noisy. These electric helicopters, as I saw at CES, they're really quiet. And so this is something you're not going to see in 2030. It's not going to be 2035. This is going to start appearing by mid this decade absolutely at the latest. Want to get to some questions? Let's do it. Marie is from your favorite state of Hawaii. and I want to go to Hawaii, <laughs> but the governor of Hawaii has said, don't come, stay away. 
We don't want you here. And do you know a lot of people have listened? Really? Yeah, we were going to Hawaii later this month. And we're not going now because if they really don't want us, right? No. why would we go? Well, Marie says, I'm a 40-year-old woman, unmarried, no kids. I do own a condo on Maui. I have a niece that I'm very close with and have her listed as my beneficiary for my retirement account as I work for the state of Hawaii, which has pretty good benefits. And I would like to leave my property to her as well when I die. The cost of real estate on Maui is so crazy high right now that I would like to ensure that my niece could keep my place without having to pay for the mortgage. I have roughly 20 years left of my mortgage and no consumer debt, and my property value is nearly twice what I paid for it. Should I get term insurance to cover my mortgage and a few years of maintenance fees? Should I die before my mortgage is paid off? Should I also get a policy to cover not only my mortgage, but in case there are medical bills before I die as well? Marie, you are one sweet, wonderful woman. That here you are looking after your niece like you are you're very close with her. You want to take care of her. And your strategy and idea is exactly right, is to have a level term insurance policy that would provide for your niece. Now, at the time you pass away, which hopefully is way, way, way off in the future, there will be no mortgage or anything like that. And so if you were to buy a level term insurance policy, that would carry you for 20 to 30 years. You would deal with all the uncertainties and all the possibilities of protecting and caring for your niece financially. What will eventually happen with the condo in Maui, what she would want to do with it, whether she would want to have it, that would be her option and her choice as you want her to inherit it. Um, When you shop for level term insurance, because of the lengthy period, 20 to 30 years, you want to buy only from a company rated A double plus by AM Best. At a minimum, A plus, which means the financial strength of that insurer. And on Clark.com, Marie, I have a guide to how to buy level term insurance. From David in Pennsylvania, a fairly new LED bulb from a well-known brand fizzled and died on me. As I'm replacing bulbs in my house with LEDs, it got me thinking, how could manufacturers know how long the bulbs will last? 20 years? 20,000 hours of use? With a fairly new technology like this, how could they know and how could we know? So, uh, David, (laughs) this has been a big problem with the LEDs that in theory, they should last decades But in practice, the longevity of them has varied. Um, I've had a few LED bulbs that have not lasted and others that just go on and on and on and on. And so you cannot know exactly. The great news is the cost of LED bulbs has fallen to a point that they're getting ridiculously cheap, many times on sale for about 65 70 cents a bulb and the energy they burn is such a fraction of what we face with a traditional bulb so as to how you can know gosh don't know um they are generally designed in a way that they should last a really long time and you'd have to get really unlucky to have 
an entire batch of them burn out in a hurry. We had this happen, and I don't know if it could be related at all, but we had LED bulbs that all fizzled out like that um, that were put in a light fixture, and I realized later the bulbs were rated too high of wattage for the fixture. The fixture needed lower wattage, and so I don't know. Sometimes I think that might happen to people as well. Okay, that would be unusual as a problem with an LED. This is from Janet in Florida. I'm considering using a debt modification program for my four unsecured credit cards. The total owed is $25,000, and the modification company is an A-plus BB&B company. They say I can pay $220 a month for three years, $9,000 in total, in order to have these cards paid off. Other than the credit score hit, what are they not telling me, and what are the negatives of these programs? So, Janet, yes, if you go into a debt mod program, you will potentially see a decline in your credit score, but there's something else as well. I want you to make sure that they are an actual, real, legitimate, nonprofit debt counseling agency. And there is a trade association that we have reference to on Clark.com that you can use to make sure that this particular organization is a verified and legitimate debt counseling and negotiating organization. It's the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. If you go to their website at nfcc.org, you'll be able to see if you're dealing with an organization that meets the high standards of NFCC and is A-OK. And I wish you the best at digging yourself out of the debt And I hope that you're able to get there in a reasonable period of time. And I want to tell you, if we didn't get to your question today for advice that you'd like, you can get free one-on-one advice from our Team Clark Consumer Action Center. We're available for one-on-one advice Monday through Friday, Eastern Time Zone, 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. And you can talk with one of our Team Clark Action Center counselors at 636-49-CLARK. That's 636-49-CLARK.